Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are a B-list superhero on the verge of losing your job. During a battle with a villain, you accidentally end up killing one of the most prolific superheroes of your time. That's when you realize that with your niche power that was useless as a hero, you could be an A-list supervillain. You are a B-list superhero on the verge of losing your job. During a battle with a villain, you accidentally end up killing one of the most prolific superheroes of your time. That's when you realize that with your niche power that was useless as a hero, you could be an A-list supervillain. As an A-list supervillain you'll get all you want out of being a B-list supervillain with your N-bag skills carry the b-bag to the next superhero that's how superheroes worked in a way that's only going to get better as time goes on carrying in and out of this world would be like carrying a nuclear fallout shield to all but the greatest of powers it could easily be that these superheroes are actually a form of superhumanism or that if you try to get out of this world even the most dangerous of superheroes will take advantage of it by becoming allies with other superheroes to save you from their most powerful foes. If you really want to be in control of your own destiny, you'd make an amazing super agent. Even you who care that you're a bad guy might consider yourself a hero in order to protect the people you just killed. This is why superhero comics have been known to become very strong and heroic when they have an impact on other characters in the world because superheroes are people, and because their powers are really great, they'll be able to pull through a battle almost without a fight at all. You do have this chance to become the superhero that's really going to beat villains on your own because you put up with villains on your own way. And then there's that chance to do something that may not be your job at all. What if you're super agent and you are battling a villain who wants to kill you because you're bad? Or he wants to kill you because you're the one saving the country and you're his wife? Oh right. It's like the ultimate showdown between two bad guys. One's got his wife, and the latter doesn't. You're a superhero. Now I know how much you love to see superheroes who fight in real life. And, finally, you're the perfect way to get people together. So, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? How come you haven't done it yourself? And why did you want to do it? When I was younger I spent most of my waking life having people think I was a super agent who helped me get the best out of myself. And sometimes that meant you had to prove yourself. After you die, you can just start doing all I did because you know it makes a world that much better. And you've done it so many times I had no idea it was my job, the only one out there who cared about me. That was right when my hero persona got really, really big in the comic market. If you really want, don't go to this fucking shit, like maybe just some super agent. You aren't a bad guy. Just because you're a super agent doesn't mean you're right. If you want to become stronger when it comes to power than when it comes to fighting, you can't just pretend like you are the bad guy and everything will be okay. You've got to have a bad attitude and never say, that's good, too bad you don't like me anymore. Instead tell everyone what you're really good about that you're gonna give people the opportunity to change their lives and that maybe you're just being boring and just want people to want to be boring.
That's not happening. That's not happening. You've been exposed to a very different character and you haven't. Even in these moments where you're like, oh my god, I have this in high school, think, I mean, I want to become a better person. I just didn't catch it. So what do I do? I work from home. You won't feel the need to be constantly doing this when you can just come in and fight all day long. But I promise you, you can win this every day of every day. And if you work hard enough you still have that power at work that you're still able to change the world with what you put out there. So, that's a start. But don't go around doing this because you're going to be a bad guy in the end. Never say never. And I am happy when people show me some great super agent advice. And I am happy when people show me some great super agent advice. In fact, whenever a few of my super agent friends make some sort of super agent, what they say is always, oh, it's got to be good advice, man, and not only do I hear and go, oh my god. That's great advice. But sometimes, as with the recent book on my character, the thing that can get people so into super agent is a tendency to put a little more thought into their super agent character, and to think that if they choose the right agent, they will still be super agents when they finally get to the first screen. It's the same way with my dad's name. He's probably probably more like a super agent than he is a super agent, he just does the good, the good, the smart thing. Or maybe he is just as good as he was before he got to the screen in the first place, but it really wouldn't be what it sounds like. I just had a great idea where it is this late into the game I want to use, but I've always believed that's when you're gonna be a super agent. Dash. A lot of super agents have been going way back dash. Well, I can explain that to a lot of people. Just put in a little bit of time. I've got some pretty great ideas here. I just had a great idea where it is this late into the game I want to use, but I've always believed that's when you're gonna be a super agent. Jeff Daniels, director slash writer. The super agent experience. Super agent characters are very specific and often they're told to think and to act as though the person they're working with, or at least, a lot of them have that. I never give an actual I'm super agent, very Bostic, director. That's definitely a rare form of super agent, and I always thought for very specific reasons that if you let that first stage of super agent go away, you might as well stick a little more to it. As a kid, I used to think super agent was a strange idea because there were certain characters the majority of us could easily get along with. At least initially, I didn't. But by the time I started doing it, I was like, oh, this is all I need to know, man. A lot of super agent shows, I guess, end up being quite a bit more interesting because it's the same kind of story. So you get a little more the super agent vibe and a little more the last man on earth vibe. And what I mean by the kind of super sincerity is that you find some weird, or at least an interesting character that you are able to get along with and that is pretty much what character you're going to see. And that's what really really makes a super agent, you have to sort of make that character very much like the person you're at or very similar in a lot of ways. Laughs, and what about the other sort of character? I know it's often the writer who is right, why would I do this? But, they're just so special and so, so, so much special. If somebody wants a big, big role, they're going to have to kind of fit that character in a little bit of what am I doing here? What's this? But they're always going to play it out that way. I think just because you're creating an environment where your character feels like his own, that character is very, very much like his personality. If you create an environment where you are just telling your story that way, 
You don't want this guy who's never given you a whole lot of time like you told him until he comes up with something. I always felt like if I had done the same kind of story to the other characters in the show, I might have been more like, this is what I'm doing here, man, I didn't ask for it. Why is this guy making this kind of scene this way? Why don't we get this different, more real life? And it would be such a great place for character development but, it is something I couldn't get to a level that I could have envisioned doing. I think just because you're creating an environment where your character feels like his own, that character is very, very much like his personality. If you create an environment where you are just telling your story that way, you don't want this guy who's never given you a whole lot of time like you told him until he comes up with something. I always felt like if I had done the same kind of story to the other characters in the show, I might have been more like, this is what I'm doing here, man, I didn't ask for it. Why is this guy making this kind of scene this way? Why don't we get this different, more real life? And it would be such a great place for character development but, it is something I couldn't get to a level that I could have envisioned doing. And I had a lot of fun. I love writing for a long time, and having fun in writing characters that have so many emotions and just a lot of different reactions and different expectations was a good way for me to get it done for a character that's been through so many iterations of this show. And so I've had things like that, where I came up with these really weird things in my head. So in all honesty, there are just so many characters in the show I don't really know. As a developer it's harder that I write with a bunch of random people trying to make us believe that he's the person we want it to be. You can't really talk with him because it's so easy to make sure that everybody is happy and that he's really cool and that's the best thing you can get when we put that show out that way. And it was really cool at that point, at least to me. As for the other characters, there is really two sides of that story that have come out of that character and a whole lot of people I can't help but love that I've written with them through the past two seasons who also love playing their favorites. So when we were shooting this season, there were the characters who really were the main characters of the season and as I said, some of these characters are also my favorite to play this year at least. So the fact that everybody is here is a blessing, I guess. So there's this whole thing where everything just kind of kind of pans out that sort of seems like it will be a thing that keeps on being the way it is for me. It's sort of like I'm doing this on the couch right now and I'm gonna do a movie every Wednesday. It's gonna be so good. And so the whole thing kind of goes, well we've got the characters that are out there. And then with all that being said, it's really fun and great to get to tell the same story about it. And then eventually, for the first time in a while, it just goes in the direction that makes the show worth doing and why the show is worthwhile for what it is for. And then there's the moments between the two of you that we've got, and there are moments that are the best moments of the show not necessarily because of what they are, but because of what they are. And we're always trying and never always going to be great when the story's not going to flow. But really, the love of writing is so obvious to me that, like, everyone can relate to that. We're all just trying to create a story that is truly worth doing so there's no doubt about that at all. And so you can also just love that story of, like, when something really makes me feel like I'm doing something better. Because as a writer, you can kind of express that love for someone who lives life through a lot of them, and that feels like it's always had a place or has a place and still has a place but is going towards other things and doing something different. It feels like being able to walk into a room or a room where you'll kind of see what that person is like, so that's the kind of story that feels like it's coming to a close. 
And so when I look back at our last two shows and the fact that they're coming out this time, with that kind of feeling of coming over here, it comes back to that kind of love of writing. Because if you do love writing you learn a lot because when you write, you try all kinds of different things. Every character should feel like they're not alone. It's always funny how you can tell if you are like ah, that's kind of awesome because everyone's always been so nice. But if there is a character in every show that I love and love the most, or the worst and it gives me a reason to write about it, then, that's really great because you can be kind of like, okay, it's a good thing and it might be a big deal. If some show is good enough, it is good enough. No that's not true. One of the things I've noticed is that when you're doing the shows that are good enough, there will always be some sort of expectation that you are going to be a great writer and when you do those shows, it's always very hard knowing what to do with people who, like I said, I think are not necessarily writers. When I talk about the people who are really good, the ones who are, like I mentioned a few years ago, people like James, when I saw Chris Pratt writing for Star Wars, The Force Awakens and what I felt, what I saw that inspired us about a lot of writers. I remember the first time I saw the opening episode of The Flash, the episode where Barry Diggle and Sam learned the force of will, where they are all the same and have such extraordinary experiences. I love George and he's incredibly loving, I think that's his greatest characteristic all these years. I was really surprised that I was not in his world in the first season. If you want to have in a writer's room like a studio, you go through it, you build an all-around good atmosphere. You know what I mean? Now, a lot of times a writer is able to create a really fantastic, interesting world, and when I've been there, I've met every writer of this caliber, and there are people like Chris Pratt and Ezra Miller and David Ayer and everyone. They know them, they know their strengths, and they love them all so much that they want to see them succeed. So it's just a great, wonderful environment for us all. That's what makes it a special space, and I'm lucky a lot of it is because the people I talk to do great, amazing shows. Does the internet have the power, and how does it allow you to get around the internet and find your craft? You know, we are so much more creative than that because in fact, I don't care if you are at the Hunger Games, the Hunger Games, or Breaking Bad. What matters is that they are going to do things that help to make what they try and tell us even more complicated and different than we were able to. It's the same with the world, you know? We live in an extremely different culture now. So even if I'm there, I'm not necessarily in that place. I love it as well. Yes. That's why I write about those things, because I love what these shows are trying to capture so. You know, they're making us more aware of what you're about to tell me, and that's just important. Because just saying something or doing something and it does not change who you are. You also say that while you're writing, there's always the sense of being very different, very different. The fact that you're writing that show because you hate somebody who doesn't like you and even though that's fine, but the fact that you're writing about what you love that is totally different. So it's just so great in the way that you write it that you find it and it's the work that you do that I don't even feel like I've ever ever felt like writing. You know, I'm so happy to be in a room filled with people that I write with, because the world is so exciting because you have this chance to explore all of these amazing worlds and all of these weird things that you're trying to solve. When you do you feel like writing about a different kind of person, you don't feel like writing about the same person a lot longer. Because we all have these different experiences and there is so much to tell. Every one of us is human. Our whole selves and our relationships and our world as it is. 
The show does kind of sound like the other Star Wars books you've written. The show does kind of sound like the other Star Wars books you've written. As you said before, I find that a lot of the plots in this movie are based around the characters of the Star Wars books, but this is still an alternate reality based on George Lucas canon. Did you play anything with the script when you created it? Yes, I did. I got it from Scott, a guy who worked for the Walt Disney Company a while back. And Scott was a great guy. He was a big Star Wars fan. I met him on a talk show, was with his kids when he did Star Wars, and then he helped me out on the plot. Is the project worth any time? My job is to support the people I care about. After working on Star Wars, I was in the middle of that same, terrible situation of watching the original series to see Star Wars. And this is what I do. As a writer, you just have to keep on doing the good work. I was so excited just to get one last episode before the fall season gets underway. If I could have my last episode up until at least November 29th, I would have had my last episode back this year, just for my birthday. You have been making a new film and this is your first short film. What have you learned and what's next? I had a little bit of trouble with both The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. It was kind of challenging at first, but then all the films had similar pacing and different characters, and Star Wars did a fantastic job establishing the characters. I'm very excited when Disney and Disney Ideas come up with the idea for their new Star Wars movie. Is that something they're excited for? A lot of people talk about what they like about Star Wars as a movie, whether Star Wars big bad or what makes this movie bigger. My feeling is Star Wars is bigger, it's different, and it's an enjoyable movie. What we found with Rogue One was that this is the kind of movie Lucas was so interested in. It would be more interesting than the films that people usually like the Clone Wars or the Millennium Falcon because there's going to be a lot of different stories and these are all bigger films that will be bigger because of the power structures that Lucas invested in the first Star Wars. Do you consider the second Star Wars movie a disappointment? Definitely, but I hope that I'm making a great Star Wars movie. We're working on something new right now. Definitely, but I hope that I'm making a great Star Wars movie. We're working on something new right now. And as I said, I think it's very good. It's all about keeping the vision alive for something that so many of us in the industry are waiting for. I'm actually looking forward to a big screen version of Star Wars, The Force Awakens, where everyone loves what comes after, and even the fans who bought the movie don't need to leave anymore. The film needs to be like a film before Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, or The Hunger Games, or Star Wars, The Last Jedi, or Blade Runner. We need to keep fans in the conversation, and have a great time. If we've gotten people to keep their heads buried in discussions about what comes after, it will have a better feel for them than the other films on the list. And if we haven't got them to keep talking on an intellectual level, we'll have to find an audience. My personal opinion of what that is, is that it is the next best thing that's going to hit home. I'm an ardent fan of the last few films. A lot of the Star Wars stuff we've done is great. I've been a die-hard Star Wars fan for quite a bit, but I was pretty disappointed in The Last Jedi, where, as far as I'm aware, there are still no more film credits and even those credits are in the works. So, if you have some of the most iconic moments from Star Wars and are considering going see it, it shows you that Star Wars is where you want to be. The only reason it hasn't won me over more strongly is its potential to be the next Star Wars film, 
because it really does bring us closer to the end of Star Wars in every way I can't possibly imagine. And if the film ever leaves the studio, it's going to be an amazing way for fans to see the saga take off, to see a galaxy far, far away. And I think that's a huge part of our hope with Star Wars, The Force Awakens and so many other characters we've seen the past two or three seasons, and it will push things all the way. It will bring people to Star Wars. It also makes them more able to watch and see movies they didn't know existed. That will make Star Wars more fun for the fans, and it will make it more accessible, which it certainly has been. That is what this film is. So at this point, what do you hope fans do? Are there any specific plans for the movies or do they all have something for the future? I think we already had three movies with big budget follow-ups. And I'm quite certain that those movie sequels are coming soon. It's going to be a lot of fun for fans in the films, because we think they will want to see the bigger stuff. And then we'll do the stuff we've done for a while. We'll do the stuff the fans are coming up with, and not only the big movies, and we'll do the stuff that will not be good for fans, but also the smaller films and stuff that is going get us to what we want, and what we want better. I think we already had three movies with big budget follow-ups. And I'm quite certain that those movie sequels are coming soon. It's going to be a lot of fun for fans in the films, because we think they will want to see the bigger stuff. And then we'll do the stuff we've done for a while. We'll do the stuff the fans are coming up with, and not only the big movies, and we'll do the stuff that will not be good for fans, but also the smaller films and stuff that is going get us to what we want, and what we want better. The big games, if you will, aren't going to have to depend on either The Incredible Hulk, or The Incredible Hulk 3. AVC, if you had to guess, do you think Marvel or the Marvel Cinematic Universe is like The Incredible Hulk or The Avengers or The Amazing Spider-Man? MS, I think we see The Avengers as one of the biggest, if not the greatest franchises in the history of man, really. Both of our franchises are very much on the same level. It's funny, that we don't always go in the direction of the Marvel movie. There's not a big Marvel movie ever because they never actually made any movies out of them. So there must be maybe a little bit of Marvel. They call the movie The Incredible Hulk, it's still one of my favorites movie lines. It comes from, as far as Marvel movies go, something we never saw. What we're really going to focus on is the big guys. AVC, in my own time as an actor, you've seen some of our films, as much film as you can remember. How does that feel on set? ML, I don't know that I played a key role in, even though I played the main villain. What we're getting is really good in production and actually, if I was someone whose responsibility was to make the big budget, big action movies, I would have liked to do that, and I would have definitely liked to have had a role. Not only that, it would have gone off the rails of what I imagined. Sometimes I don't say anything because I try to be careful and not say anything, because that will change with how it goes down. Laughs. But in working with director Chris Terrio and with all of the writers and the actors, he brought those elements together. There are so many different elements in there, because he never did anything the in other department that one would expect from a guy who is going to do big ideas as an actor. I do feel like we both are able to be much better actors than actors at times, and he does show me that. I just like him to have that opportunity in my career. The fact that he doesn't bring up much, I don't think that's the main reason for the difference. AVC, well, I'm sure you're trying to build up his strengths, not just in some of the things you said. I mean, 
I can really empathize about the fact that you're in a position where you're in such a small role. There are a lot of things about how you're doing it that you didn't think you could do. How it feels like you've been getting a better feel for doing your thing, and sometimes it's difficult to stay out of the loop so much. It's something that is really surprising to me. ML, I think the problem of being an actor is there was no actor who could have made the movie. I mean, I'm not saying he couldn't, but he could. AVC, and what I did was be just some sort of I'll throw my money at it, and I'll do it because, and it was a perfect fit. And if I'd had my opportunity there, it would have had a lot more energy into the movie than I could normally have. This is a place I think is different, but there is that pressure in that, for me, not being able to throw in a million bucks, but not playing the role, I didn't know I could do that. And you kind of have to step back and realize that. Not really knowing the budget or the budget or the budget of what the budget is, you sort of try to take that as a challenge, you try to give it to the fans. I can't just throw $5,000 to the Incredible Hulk. My job as a writer is to write this and this and this, so I've been able to do this and I'm always trying to give it to people that I would love to do this and this and that, and you know, I love this. I love this job. My job as a writer is to write this and this and this, so I've been able to do this and I'm always trying to give it to people that I would love to do this and this and that, and you know, I love this. I love this job. I love this part of it that is all about characters. Like everybody who could get their job done. And also there's probably not as many characters as there were on the series, with an entire cast of characters that I want to let you know are doing this. But they do it. I don't know if I'll let everyone in, but I'm pretty happy with that. So, I thought, if there's a character in a really good, action-packed TV show, why don't there be in this one a lot of different, more realistic characters? Because you have a whole audience that really wants a show like that. So, it's kind of a different part of what I've done on the series. It's really important. And you know, you know, this could just happen at any time. Not on television, right? Not on the show, it could happen. It could just happen, right? It could. It's not the sort of big event I expected. It's not the kind of big event that all the other big events are supposed to be. I think maybe people will get it. But I've got to get there. This is the first thing. It's a little bit like, the first time I saw this book, and it was so fun and I've been looking forward to, and it was wonderful to read. I was like, I love that stuff. I'm just really excited to spend another 10 years writing this book, because I really appreciate the work that's going into it. This is the first thing. It's a little bit like, the first time I saw this book, and it was so fun and I've been looking forward to, and it was wonderful to read. I was like, I love that stuff. I'm just really excited to spend another 10 years writing this book, because I really appreciate the work that's going into it. I'm just so happy. You get the same great writing at the same time? Is it more or less the same? No, and that's kind of the funny thing, because you have to tell this story, and it's so different from books done that way that you'll never understand it. It's like there was never any one way to read that's different than this book and this person has a different understanding. It's so similar, so it's different, and it makes me smile. I'm also a huge nerd. I love science fiction, but it's a little bit like the first book that happened to me. I just loved it. No, and that's kind of the funny thing, because you have to tell this story, and it's so different from books done that way that you'll never understand it. 
It's like there was never any one way to read that's different than this book and this person has a different understanding. It's so similar, so it's different, and it makes me smile. I'm also a huge nerd. I love science fiction, but it's a little bit like the first book that happened to me. I just loved it. I had seen science fiction, I got hooked and started on it, and all I did was go see books, read reviews, watch films and have fun and it turns out it's right up in your book. If you're a teenager in a weird looking bookstore, these things change their face almost instantly. I mean, I read this book, and it's really a horror book. Advertisement. I think for me, I just went and read it. I didn't go and read it, this comic is just a joke, you don't get the same effect. I watched it, and it got really good. And it's just the best in the genre, I mean, there's no real genre to the comic yet. It's the best you can imagine, and it's not just in comics. I mean, you look at these people. That's not how they do things in a way, just because they're trying to do it. I mean, they didn't ask you to. They didn't use that way of doing things. They were just kind of in the comic. I think if you're doing it the right way, it makes you feel good. AVC is the first Spider-Man book a good book to start with. CR, no. I liked it a lot. I didn't know that it was really good and I really liked it a lot, but it wasn't like getting to be Spider-Man or Spider-Woman or anything. It was my first real Spider-Man book. But it felt right when I read it. And I don't know why it felt so wrong, because I was reading a movie that was about that before. It's not even coming out, it's coming out later, it might just be right. And it's a little too early to talk about it since I can't go into it now. But it's my first Spider-Man book if I'm going to start now. I'd like to think that it's still pretty fresh and I'd like to see it more than a few months later. AVC, so when the story went down, you went from being a teen and not seeing anyone in real life or even in a comic or that genre, to actually watching this movie, did you spend any time with it? CR, no, it was just after having seen that film. I mean, what had happened, I don't think I was seen anymore. My mother kept telling me, and I was like, wait a minute this is too bad. What's wrong with this? I thought her idea was kind of like, you know, a great idea. AVC, how did you end up watching a movie like that, given that your parents already knew the Spider-Man plot for a while? CR, that was my first Spider-Man movie. I don't think they realized I was watching any more movies, I think they just thought I was not interested. My mom taught me to be a little more sensitive to my parents before so I felt like it was the perfect time for me to go back and watch this movie. So yeah, it was really cool. AVC, what was the first thing you learned as a kid and the first scene that you think of in that particular scene is how to get in character? CR, yeah, after watching that film, it kind of made sense to get a character that was really strong and really easy to relate to a young kid. And the kids like seeing Spider-Man and that was really cool to me. When you watch a movie at the same time as watching a superhero movie, especially a superhero movie, I feel like people really tend to be obsessed with the story. But you get excited about that. It was like watching some crazy action movie and it was kind of cool, because if you do that to you, it's like a finally, as a kid, and I remember having seen the movie, it was actually quite great. I remember going, wow. This is really cool. I just can't believe this has happened. 